Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I remember this season of my walk as a Christian where I was blowing it like this and God did that to get my attention. I need to mark that, that I would never go back, that I would be reminded that God intervened, God disciplined me, God didn't let me keep going in that direction so that we don't end up doing it again because you know what happens? If you just let it go and you forget about it, you never think about it again, which is what a lot of us like to do so I don't have to think about my failures or my past or whatever, but then you'd be repeating it. Someone once said, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, today, Pastor Bill shares you don't have to be stuck in that cycle. When you've blown it, like we all do at times, you can follow the example of the Israelites and make a marker. For them, these stones reminded them of how they messed up. Pastor Bill shares that marking your failures can help you remember them so you don't repeat the mistakes of your past. You can choose differently. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 11 as he begins his message, No More Complaining. Look at Numbers chapter 11 and I wanna just ask everybody, think about this right now before we get into it. Think about the last thing you complained about. What was the last thing that you made a complaint about? It might've been today, it might've been the weather, might've been something about work, might have been about the traffic, might have been about your spouse, your kids. You think about it. I'm not going to actually raise your hand and say it, but I want you to just have it in mind as we, um, as we go over the study. Think about the last thing that you complain. And, and then because we're dealing with complaining before the Lord, y'all know you don't have to complain out loud for God to hear it. So you could even think about the things that you're kind of grumbling in your heart about. They may not have ever even left the lip, but it's just in your heart because God sees what everybody else don't see. He sees the complaint of my heart. When my heart's discontented, God's looking at that. So let's look at what the Israelites did. Um, We're, as we come to chapter 11, I guess just to catch us up, God has brought them to a point. So up until this point, God organized them. As you remember the earlier numbers, God was numbering the people and categorizing them and getting them in their groups. They've been organized. There was a whole ceremony where they were cleansed. They were separated, kind of sanctified, set apart by God, for God. They were blessed. They were taught how to give. They were reminded of God's deliverance for them. They were blessed with God's presence. God would be with them during the day with the cloud over them by day to give them shade in the desert. God would be his presence. His, the visible presence of God was with them at night by the fire, the pillar of fire that brought warmth. And so God's presence was there with them in a visible way. God had given them tools and direction to begin to move forward into the promised land. That's where God's taken them. These people are on a journey. God's getting ready to bring them into the promised land. And so where we left off, they were just kind of taking their first steps into the promised land. They were just moving in, just getting ready to step toward, step out toward the promised land, not into it, but towards the promised land. And they're making their march toward Canaan or to Canaan. And everything comes to a halt because the people become disgruntled. The people begin to complain. And so these are the things that I, I, I kind of broke it into this. Um, obviously, complaining is a problem. We're going to see that. But these things, we're going to see that it displeases the Lord, that he hears it when we do it, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, that it makes God angry. And lastly, that ultimately we're consumed by it. 
So four things we're going to see. And we'll see all these in verse one. That it displeases the Lord. That he hears it when we do it, be it verbal or nonverbal. That it makes God angry. And ultimately, we're consumed by it. And I want you to think about this. If I told you, if, we just, if I never gave you the topic for tonight, and I said, if I told you there is something that you do, that it displeases the Lord, when he hears it, he doesn't like it, it makes God angry, and it's ultimately going to consume you, I think most of us would say, what is that so I can stop doing it, you know? And so we're going to see that's complaining. And hopefully, as we get this sown into us, we, we will... We will be of a new mindset. Our minds are going to be renewed in this thing. So I will confess, as I prepared the study and went over it myself, I realized, why well, I complain. If as I look at it properly, I complain in my heart. I complain sometimes in my thinking. Sometimes I complain right out of my mouth. And it's something I just do without even thinking sometimes, just complain. Um, somebody might, I might get food. I might, somebody might prepare a meal for me or give me something. And my wife says that I'm getting picky in my old age. I used to be, you know, when she first got me, anything she served me, I just eat it. Whatever you feel, like, I, like, that's how I grew up. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But some of you, how many guys raise your kids where whatever you serve, they gonna eat it. They can't complain. Anybody? That's how I grew up. So I didn't, you didn't really have, you couldn't be at the table talking about, what's that? I don't like, your lips to be on the floor. You know, I, that's how I grew up. So if my mom served it, you loved it. And you better, you act like you loved it. Eat it all. Get it, get it gone. So. So I, I, you know, I, I've been that way for a long time, but she says in my old age, I'm getting nitpicky. I don't like the way that thing right there, you know, I'm saying stuff. So rather than being thankful, rather than saying, thank you so much. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you know, so we got to be careful about those things that we don't become people that are complaining. So look at verse one, Numbers 11, verse one. It says, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord for the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused, so the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Verse 2 says, Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So first two verses here, it says, Now when the people complained. So everything was kind of going along great. They were getting ready to move forward toward the promised land, but something happened, and the people started complaining. We're not told in verse one what they were complaining about, but in verse four, we're given a hint as unto what they were complaining about, but the Holy Spirit didn't even bother to put what they were complaining about. You know why? Because it don't matter. It didn't matter what they were complaining about. What mattered to God was he looked down and these people that he has blessed, that he's brought out of slavery, that he feeds supernaturally with manna from heaven. These people are down there after all that he has done, got the nerve to be complaining. And God didn't like that. It didn't, it didn't please him. And I read, I just, those things stopped me. It displeased the Lord. His anger was aroused. It said, it displeased the Lord for the Lord heard it. And it, his anger was aroused. And as I think of those three things, just in nature, because when whenever we study the Bible, we're studying God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we don't want to read these stories and think about a group of people way back when. I'm learning about the God. That's the same God that I live before now. And I read this and I have to, I have to take this to heart. God, you, you, you looked down and saw what they were doing and it displeased you. You did not like it. And it says you heard it. So rather they were grumbling in their tents or complaining one to another, God said, I heard that. I heard what y'all were saying down. I didn't like it. And it says his anger was aroused. And I thought of this scenario in my own life 
there was times growing up where, like I told you guys, we, we just had to eat whatever. And I remember when I, I got grown a little bit, I told I thought. And my mom was a very, for you guys, my wife knows, my, my mom, I was her baby. And my mom would find ways to kind of come and snoop and see what was going on. So I moved out pretty young. I was moved out when I was 17, had my own place. And my mom would be wanting to know what was going on. So she baked, she used to bake this thing called a shepherd's pie. And it was meat on the bottom. And then it was like, a, basically it was like cornbread on top. So it was like meat with all kind of stuff in the meat and then a cornbread on top and she would prepare it. And so she would drive to my apartment, but she would come early Saturday morning. Well, I was partying and living foul and everything else. So when you come early Saturday morning, all the aromas of Friday night and the materials of Friday, all that stuff's in there. So I made this mistake. Now, I like shepherd's pie. I enjoyed those. My mom would bring them and I would eat them up. Me and my friends would all heat it up and eat it. But I said, so that she would stop doing that. So I don't like eating those no more. Ooh, ooh, that was bad. That was a bad mistake. I was, a, I was a fatal error that I made. Though I thought I was grown and I was out of her house, the offense that, that there was a deep offense that that, that brought upon my mother and, and she made me eat that in some other ways. And so I always, I look back on that like, I, I, I just didn't want her to come over, but you know, I, I made a comment about the food and she did not appreciate the complaint, the labor and the love and everything that she had put in and her thoughtfulness and everything else and that I would say such and so and, and I heard about it and I heard about it and it was, and you know what, I couldn't take it back. And you think about this, forget about you complaining against the Lord. Have you ever overheard somebody complaining about you? Right, how's that feel? None of us, nobody likes that. Nobody wants to hear, overhear somebody's talking about you in a negative way especially when you've been good to them. And you've been made in the image of God in the same way that that would rub you really wrong. Imagine that there's, imagine maybe your kid. That's the best likeness I can give. Someone you cared for, you wipe them when they couldn't do nothing for themselves, you put clothes on them, you feed them, you buy them what they need, and you, you do everything for them. What's it feel like to a parent to hear a kid, their child, talking bad about them? It don't feel good. No parent likes that. And you might first, it just, it'll displease you. Would it, displease, it, would, it, would, it would displease you if you happen to hurt it. You would be angry. Difference is, when I'm not God. I, I don't have, I, I have I'm, I'm limited in what I could do, but I look at what God did about it and look again at the last part of verse one. It says, so the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. I thought this was interesting those that were burned were on the outskirts of the camp, far away from the ark. They were, they were on the outskirts. And it just made me wonder, maybe reason why they were so complaintive is because they were away from the ark. They were away from where God was working. They were away from the presence. They, were, they had lost sight of the presence of God. They got themselves away on the outskirts because that's where God did the burning. And so the same fire that God would use at night to bring heat and comfort and warmth. This comfort, this, this, this same fire here, the fire that represents the presence of God, now it's consuming some of them. They're being burned up in the fire. And so I read this, and again, I, I recognize that this is something that doesn't please the Lord. It, it shows no gratitude for what God has done, and it shows a lack of faith for what God will do when we complain. When I complain, 
I'm not showing gratitude for what he's already done, and I'm also, in my complaining, not really giving credit to God for what he can do or believing what he will do in the future. And so the, the, the fire of God burned against them, and some of them were consumed. And then in verse 2, it says, Then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire was quenched. And you guys remember that they're in a, their relationship with Moses, Moses is a, an intercessor for them. He's like a go-between. And so Moses would go before the Lord and hear from God and tell the people what God wanted to do. And as much as I would like to see the people just cry out to God on their own, they go to Moses. And they cry out to Moses. And Moses does what we call interceding. Anybody here that spends time praying for someone else? Intercessory prayer. This prayer is for the benefit of them. This prayer is that God would work upon their hearts, work in their life. I'm interceding on their behalf. And so as the fire was consuming some, they cried out to Moses. You know, now they're crying out. And Moses prayed for them and the fire was quenched. And we don't want to overlook that real quick, but there's power in intercession. Some of us have people in our lives that we know that they're living in disobedience and they're not doing right. And we want to be faithful to intercede for them. You cry out for them. You cry out to the Lord on their behalf, like Moses did here. God listened. God said, okay, Moses, you prayed, I'll, I'll stop. And we don't really know like, how, 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 how far would God have gone, how much more would have been consumed had Moses not prayed. We don't know because he did pray. And so we want to be faithful to intercede for the people in our life that are not doing right. Sometimes as believers, we get offended by the people in our life that won't listen to us told them how to do it. They won't do it. I told them they need to be in fellowship. They're not here. I invited them to come. They didn't come. And that happened to them. That's what they get. That's how some Christians are. But we got to be careful. We need to intercede for them. That all, that may all be true, but we want to still have a heart that's reaching out, that we're praying. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for them and that we be faithful to pray for those that need to be lifted up. Look at verse three now. It says, so he called the name of the place Tebera, which means burning because people got burnt up. Because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. And I thought this is interesting. Sometimes in the scriptures, we'll see when God has done something significant, they'll make a memorial to remember what God did. In this instance here, they're making a memorial. They named the place Tabera, burning. And it's a memorial. It's, a rem it's reminding them of what happened here when God burned against them because of their complaining. And I don't think it's altogether a bad idea to... Mark out if you are if you're aware in your life of the areas where you've been burned, where you've had to be disciplined by the Lord. It's healthy for us to note those places, to recognize those things, to mark them. You know what? God has had to discipline me in this area right here. I remember this season of my walk as a Christian where I was blowing it like this, and God did that to get my attention. I need to mark that. That I would never go back. That I would be reminded that God intervened. God disciplined me. God didn't let me keep going in that direction. So that we don't end up doing it again. Because you know what happens? If you just let it go and you forget about it, you never think about it again, which is what a lot of us like to do. So I don't have to think about my failures or my past or whatever. But then you'd be repeating it. And so some people make the same mistakes over and over again. Five bad relationships. You need to mark that last one. You need to see this say, you know, mark them relationships. Say, this, this, I don't make five bad. God spanked me every single time. That's the last one, right? I'm going to mark it. I'm going to remember next time some, some handsome or something cute come by that, now I remember that thing right there. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to do it right. That last time you made a mistake and you got burned and it was, you realized that it was something you stepped out and did in your flesh. You need to mark that. 
that you don't do it again. You don't jump out in the flesh and make a call, make a decision without prayer. Mark those things. And so they marked it. And again, I, I don't think that's a bad idea that we remember where we fall. Everybody needs to know where they're weak. Everyone needs to be aware of where they, where they fall. Where you more like, where are you most likely to fall? Where you've fallen before? And we want to identify those things that we might not continue to fall in the same areas. Moving on in verse four, it says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember verse five, we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is being dried up. There's nothing at all to eat except this manna before our eyes. This is where it gets bad. So you might mark or note in your Bible the mixed multitude. I got to talk about that because that's, that's the problem here. We got Israel came out. They were brought out of bondage from Egypt, but there were some Egyptians came along too. There were some Egyptians that joined them. They came out with them. And as they moved on and they're kind of going together now, at this point in the game, there's a mixed multitude. You got the people of God and you got some Egyptians, right? Mixed in there. What is Egypt always a type of in the Bible? It's a type of the world. Egypt will typify the world. And it's a, it's a type in typology, a type of the world, a picture of the world. And so the world is alongside the people of God. Is, is it not the same today? That we're right alongside us. We don't get to escape the world. We live in the world with worldly people, with worldly mindsets. And so we're right next to them all the time. And know that you live in a world that really badly wants to influence you to think the way they think. To believe the way they believe to, to accept the things that they've accepted. You live in a world that wants to influence you. God's put us in the world to be a light in the dark, to have an influence on the world. And so there's a constant battle going on between the believer seeking to be a light in the world and have an impact in the world saying, no, I want to leave my mark on you. And so as we look at them here, the Israelites are around these Egyptians. And it says that it says the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So now this is something else that it's a reality of having lived in the flesh. Everybody here that didn't grow, we weren't born saved. No, you were. The, whatever time on earth you spent living in the world. So some of you guys were maybe blessed to get saved at a very young age. Never got involved in some really yucky stuff. Praise the Lord. That's, I think that's the best. Some of us, like me, didn't grow up in church, didn't grow up in the Lord, went, went, went quite a bit of time doing all the raunchy stuff you do out in the world. Then I got saved. Well, I got all this stuff in my back pocket. I got all these memories back here. I got all this, there are all these doors that used to be open, all these things that I opened up in that season in the world that I'll battle with some things that someone that never opened those doors don't battle with. I talked to my wife about this when we were early on in our relationship is I was, I battled with alcohol for a time. My wife was never given over to alcohol. She said her alcohol always stank and cigarettes always smell bad. I'm like, well, sometimes when I smell a Newport, it's, that's all right. You know, <laughs> you know like it's calling me back. I have a memory, a memory smell, you know. So it's, for me, those are doors that I've opened up over time in my life that it's, I'll struggle at times with those things. Over my time that I walk with the Lord, sometimes, no problem, I'm good. Other times, um, what's that, you know? My, my flesh is like, remember that? Remember that? And it, I battle with these things. Uh, everybody here does. 
and, and my time in the world, I was given over in certain attitudes and other things like that. I battled with those things now as a believer. And so the Egyptians coming from the world, when, when they were in Egypt, they ate this kind of food. They ate meat and, you know, they said leeks and onions. And it sounded like a, a fajita. You know, I don't know if you guys seen when they come out the restaurant, you got your boring old plate and somebody else ordered the, it's coming out frying and sizzling and crackling. And, you know, it's what it sounds like here. They say, I mean, we sick of eating this manna. The same old thing every day, even though it's a supernatural provision from God. But remember when we were in Egypt, they're saying, remember back there? Oh, man, I just I could taste the meat. We had chicken and fish and we had meat and we had stuff to season it with and leeks and onions and garlic. And I like garlic and everything. You know, garlic make everything taste better, you know. So they're sitting here lusting backwards. And something that will happen when we give ourselves over to complaining is we can begin to romanticize the old life, forgetting all the emptiness, forgetting all the brokenness, forgetting all the pain, forgetting all the negative things that happened. You can start looking back, saying, I remember I had so much fun. I remember I was out there. You remember the DUIs? You remember the broken relationships? You remember the lost jobs? You remember the addiction? You remember that? And we can romanticize and remember the good stuff. We gotta be careful about that. And that's what's happening here as the mixed multitude is thinking this way. That's okay for them. But when the Israelites pick it up, that's a bad thing. They're, they're being influenced. This is the interesting thing, right? For the Egyptians, I'm sure they were eating all this stuff at will. But the, the Israelites primarily were slaves. And I'm not, I can't say for sure that they never ate like this. You know, there are places that mention that they're thinking back towards these things. But I'm just wondering as slaves, did you really even get to eat that? Like, were you guys really eating this way? And back in Exodus 18, verse 6, I'm sorry, 16, verse 3, they mentioned the same thing and they're lusting backwards and remembering and recalling. So regardless, rather they had eaten this way or just had seen it, right? God has done a great thing for them and they're looking back saying, but remember that? And again, I'm just looking from God's perspective and God saying like, Y'all forgot everything I did to get y'all out of there? Remember all the plagues I put upon Pharaoh? Remember I split the Red Sea, y'all walked on dry land and the army that was coming behind you, I swallowed them up. My mind just thinks that a people that had experienced the move of God like that, that they would just be sold out. They would just, it would just be a wrap. They would just be like, man, God is so real. Remember that, remember, remember, remember when the sea just closed up? On, I mean, my mind thinks that they, there would be no problem for this group, but they constantly, fall back and they're, they're a, a picture of us because as much as I look at this and I read this and I want to say man I can't believe these people guys that's you y'all are just the same way I'll work in your life miraculously I'll do great things for you and the next problem come up you doubting next set of circumstances roll your way you complaining and I don't know why God is just too much for me to handle and how come he did it for her but he didn't do it for me and we get all that going and God says I'm the same yesterday today I'm so faithful all God has ever been and can be is faithful and so as these people here are getting caught up in complaining one thing that we want to know about complaining is that it's contagious it's contagious it's easy to spread. Spreads like cancer. It's easier to spread complaining than it is to spread encouragement. Try that work. You guys, if you, anybody work in a worldly environment, somebody come in, just anything negative, people just, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Man, I can't believe we had to work, to, you know, four o'clock, an extra hour today. But we got overtime for it. 
and they just complain and it's easy, it doesn't cost anything, and people just get caught up in it. So as the people of God, we want to be careful that we don't get caught up, that we don't get wrapped up in that sort of an attitude of complaining. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the Book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word. <laughs>